Hey everyone, I'd love to share four of my favorite world thought leaders who have changed the way that I look at things so the things I look at have changed. If you're not altering the paradigm, you're not gonna improve your results. Right, and those paradigms you say are based off of accumulative habits, which are skill, knowledge, and desire, not just desire. Yeah. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Because you have what? such great clarity on it. We're conditioned genetically. All mom's DNA and all dad's DNA becomes our DNA. There's two particles of energy come together. That's the moment of conception. 280 days later, we make our debut on the planet. Then we're programmed by our environment because our subconscious mind, which is totally deductive, it has no ability to reject. The subconscious mind is immoral. It's like the earth. It doesn't care what you plant, but it'll return what you plant. Earl Nightingale used a beautiful example in The Strangest Secret. He said, you can plant nightshade, a deadly poison, not a sixteenth of an inch away. You can plant corn, a sweet food. One will grow with just as great an abundance as the other. And that's the way your subjective mind works. You put the wrong idea in, it will grow. Put the right idea in, it will grow. We have the ability to change what's in there. We did not program it. It was programmed through genetic history. We're the a confluence of a genetic pool that goes back for generations. That's at birth and then environmentally. And we have the ability to alter all that. We're, up until around four or five, we're being programmed by our environment. Prior to that, it's genetic. The programming is dictating our result. When we change the results, we've got to gain an understanding that we've altered our own consciousness. But if we don't understand all of that, we will point it down to it's him, it's her, it's it, it's this, it's that. We point to something outside as the cause of what's going on inside. That's never what it is. It might have been someone that helped us shift this consciousness, but we've moved it. And if we want success, we've got to change what's inside. Uh, what are some of, in the formula, for example, the things that you teach to help take this incredible knowledge and put it into practice? I think the most important part is to experiment, to be curious, to, to really see. Uh, you know, most people, they respond to their outer environment, and their outer environment is really controlling the way they think and feel. And I say, David, why are you upset today? It's because of that person or circumstance. What they're really saying is that some person or circumstance is actually controlling the way I feel and the way I think. Well, most of the time, our response to the environment because of the stress hormones actually weakens the organism. So in order to create a new future, to change something in your life. Nothing changes in your life until you change. That's the, that's the story, right? So then the question is, okay, is in order for me to create something new, I'm gonna to have to combine a clear intention. That's a function of the brain and the mind. That's a, a process that you can get better at. And you gotta combine that with an elevated emotion. So then when you combine those two elements, so that clear intention with the elevated emotion, and you can sustain that for a period of time, the coherence in the brain, the coherence in the heart actually act like a Wi-Fi signal. You're starting to put out a broadband spectrum of frequency and energy that causes you to feel connected to something. And now you're no longer trying to get something done or waiting for something in your outer world to change, to take away the emptiness or lack you're feeling because you don't have the experience yet. If people can actually feel the feelings of the emotions before the experience happens, they wouldn't be looking for it because they would feel like it already happened, right? So we teach people how to sustain these states. And if they can, 
The side effect of that is that you start seeing synchronicities in your life, those serendipities, those coincidences, those opportunities that you're no longer going anywhere to get them. And you're not trying to control the outcome or force the outcome or fight for the outcome or predict the outcome or, or compete for it. That's, that's when we're matter trying to change matter. When you synchronize your energy to a possibility in your life and you start seeing those synchronicities in your life, now when you start seeing those opportunities occurring, you're just going to start paying attention to what you've been doing and do more of it. And you go then from being the victim of your life to being the creator of your life. I lost my own mom's house and had to go to her house and say, hey, I went bankrupt and forgot to take your house out of mine. The only reason I wanted to be rich was to buy my mom a house in a car and I had to take it away. And she had the same belief as you told me, it's okay, do you need any money? She didn't get care, she had to move. And to me, I understood and learned a great lesson about faith. And the faith that I have is determined upon, there is an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. For you, what does faith mean to you and how do you utilize it in the same respect? Well, when I wake up in the morning, one of the things I say, all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I didn't say all things work together and are good. All things work together for good. So I have faith that even when things don't work out the way that I want them to work out, it's okay. Because what I know is faith not tested can't be trusted. I, I remember when a doctor said to me, he said, your PSA is 2,400. I said, what does that mean? And he said, one to four is normal. Cancer's metastasized to seven areas of your body. This 29 years ago. I said, is there anything else? He said, yes. And you're ugly too. <laughs> I said, oh my God. And then, you said, and then you said, let me sing to you. You'll really love it. Right. <laughs> But then he said, and it was very strategic how he did that. Because how, when people listen to you, what you do is distract, dispute, and inspire. As you know, how people live their lives is a result of the story they believe about themselves. So he distracted me from the fear. And he said at that moment, as we both were laughing, but you got this. He said, I never tell my patients they're terminally ill. What I say is that my talents, my abilities, my skills have terminated. Now it's on you and God to work this out, to do your part. And Zig Ziglar said, most people in a fearful situation, they forget everything and run. But there's some, because of their faith, in a fearful situation, they face everything and rise. And so I left there not with a heart full of fear, but a heart full of faith. As Zig said, fear, false evidence appearing real, faith, finding answers in the heart. And I said as I left there, Lord, whatever I face today, together you and I can handle it. We got this. And 29 years later, the cancer rate in my neighborhood dropped by 97%. How do I create the, whether it's neural pathways or habits that I want, the, right? Because right? The there's constructive ones right. that inspire me, motivate me, 
and, and others, me, though. And motivate me towards the goals and dreams I want and help others along the way. And, you know, I can give you the first inner size to get the brain just to be in a relaxed state and open to receptivity. And it's called Take Six, Calm the Circuits. So the first inner size that you teach anybody, it's kind of like learning the alphabet first. So Take Six, Calm the Circuits. There's three foundational inner sizes we teach in the book. There's many more. But the first one is just to deactivate the stress reactive center in the brain. And you do that through six deep breaths in 10 second increments. So you take a deep breath in through your nose. And then as you blow out, pretend you're blowing out through a straw. So all of your energy is towards that focus, right? So three, two, one. You do that six times and we can see in brain scan images that the stress response center lowers and in many cases deactivates, which throws blood back to the left prefrontal cortex. Your state of awareness increases, and then you can move to inner size number two, which is called AIA, A-I-A, which is now in a calm, relaxed state. Now, the first A stands for awareness of my thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, and what have been my behaviors for, let's say, the last five minutes or hour. Awareness without shame, blame, guilt, justification, or judgment. Pure awareness, calm state. Then what is my intention? Well, my intention is to be happy. I've been feeling sad. My intention is to be happy. My intention is to be focused, not scattered. Great, l l let, me, let me write, give myself one or two intentions. Then the next A stands for what's one action to move me towards that. So if your intention is to be happy, why not look up and smile? Just look up and smile, because when you look up and smile, you release the neurochemistry of happiness, and you cannot look up and be angry, sad, mad, disappointed. You cannot. And if you look up and smile, we are wired to look up to heaven, let's say, and be hopeful, and we are wired that when we smile, the neurochemistry of happiness is firing through our bloodstream.